Right, so uh, you're going to... Um, I'll introduce this. Introduce this one. Apologise for the lack of punnage, or the wrong pun, or the wrong quote. Sally, when I promised to kill you last? That's what made you. You did! I lied. What was that, Terry? That was John Matrix and Sully from Commando, possibly my favourite Arnie quote, and sent in by a lot of our listeners because it is a fabulous quote. Obviously, we didn't have in there, there is a bit where he says a previous in the film, he likes him, he's going to kill him last. Um. So yeah, so I would like to start the second part of our on the Too Much Time on Our Hands Theatrical Cut podcast by apologising because I decided to end part one with Hasta La Vista, baby, when clearly it should have been I'll be back slash will be back. So I apologise for letting everyone down on that fact. You are literally the worst person. I know. So I'm still Terry and I'm still joined by Sonia. Hey, Terry. So we're going to kick off part two by talking about our weekly roundup. Yeah. So what have we been watching this week, Sonia? I love the weekly roundup. Like, I really, really love it. Um, Are we going to start with the film that we saw together? We can indeed. Um, So what day did we go? It was Wednesday evening at 8.50. Wednesday, 8.50. That's a bit late for me. Um, And we didn't realise until afterwards the film was over two hours long. I was not expecting that. um, We did a work outing. Took a few members of the Theatrical Cut fan club with us to see Hereditary. So very excited because we'd obviously... Oh, crap, sorry. We'd heard lots of good things about this film. People talking it up as the new Exorcist, the new scariest film made, like c- comparisons to Paranormal Activity. I mean, Paranormal really? Activity... I've read that somewhere. Okay. I mean, Paranormal Activity is the only film that has properly shit me up. Do you remember the first time we saw oh, that? Oh, God. Fucking hell. All I remember is, and there was an element of this in this film as well, where the footprints start to appear and you didn't realise oh. they were about five seconds after every reference. And you literally went, <gasps> you in took so much breath, everyone's clothes moved. <laughs> but yeah, that is genuinely probably the scariest film I think I've seen. Definitely at the cinema. He's talking about paranormal activity, oh, yeah. not hereditary. <laughs> so yeah, so hereditary, it was, it was a, an interesting, it was just not what I was expecting. So literally as the credits rolled, the four of us looked at each other and... I mean, I said it, I think we were clear. I wasn't sure at that point whether it had been incredibly dull or just so tense that I was just like rigid with tension. And I just couldn't decide whether I enjoyed it or whether I didn't at that point. What were your initial thoughts, Sonia? I didn't have a fucking clue what I'd just watched. Not in the sense, not not in a mother sense. Um, I was expecting more scares. Yes. Um, I think that's, if I'm honest... I was disappointed I wasn't scared more. I did jump at one point. You know. fucking did. Um, you did an inhale of breath and you did a jump. And then an exhale of breath. Yeah. I made a sound. And a warm fart, probably. I didn't fart. Um, I controlled my sphincter. Thank you very much. Um, I, yeah, I... I was ex- I was hoping to be more scared than yeah, I, I was. Yeah, I was expecting to be scared. I feel like it's just been... I mean, genuinely, maybe some people do find it 
incredibly scary for me it is the kind of film that i do find scary because it is a supernatural it is ghosty that's what i mm. find scary i do love slasher films and stuff like that but that i don't find them scary and yeah i was expecting like say paranormal activity-esque jumps and things happening um but it was just much more subtle and much more just like the feeling of dread building i mean mm. the music in the film is absolutely sublime. there's I mean, at one point there was a sound and I couldn't work out if it was... You actually said to me, didn't you? So yeah, is, is, this that the, from this... is this the film or is this something else? Because it was just... That... It's like a thudding, wasn't it? It was like a it? subtle, yeah, just a thud in the background. And I wasn't sure if it was just something from another screen or was that, but it was in the film and it was just to like build up, I guess just to unnerve you and sort of set you at unease mm. um, because it was a bit of a juxtaposition to what was sort of going on on the screen. But I mean, to give it a brief overview... You've got this family. No spoilers, Terry. No, no spoilers. You've got this family. The grandmother has just died and it's everyone dealing with that loss. Um, and there was a strained relationship between the grandmother and the mother. Um, she only really seemed to get on with the granddaughter, but we've basically find out that they only recently reconciled sort of when she had the daughter and that's when the grandmother came back into her life and she moved in because she was in ill health. Mm. Um I mean, I don't even know if we want to go much further than that. So, it's you'd you'd give too much away. Yeah, so um, basically, the film is following this family, and it's not necessarily there's things going on, but there is like an an aura around the house. There's a feeling of unease, and the whole film is around: is it a supernatural presence, or is it just the grief of this hmm. family dealing with what's going on? Because I I watched it as a. For me, I thought I was watching a film about a family grieving. Yeah, that's very much how it builds or up. Or certainly um, a film about Tony Collette grieving because yeah. it was her mother who died. She's phenomenal in the um, film. Tony Collette just is something else, really. I thought all four of them. So you got her, Gabriel Byrne is it is him, isn't it? Yeah, he's the father. He's the dad, um, and quite sort of like just sort of like understated, isn't he? Yeah, he's the. He's the one who's outright, no, it's not supernatural. We just need to get on with our lives. We need to just move on and yeah. everything will be fine. And almost like with the the grieving side of it, it's like he doesn't really want to, he wants to make sure everyone's okay. He doesn't yeah. really want to see any expression of grief. No, because he, he tries to get people to talk about it and then when they start talking about it's it, he tries like to like cut just, off the conversation. Yeah, just sort of like pats them on the hand and it's just like, they're there now, we'll be okay. And then the the two kids in it, so you've got a, li- a younger girl, she's about... Seven? No, she's. I think she's about ten. Ten, but she looked younger. Um, and then a teenage son, and they're they're really good in it as well. And like afterwards, we were all talking about, oh wow, weren't wasn't the acting amazing? Um, I I think I would like to see the film again. I probably wouldn't go to the cinema to see it. I'm glad I saw it at the cinema because I feel like if I wasn't at cinema, I would have been on my phone and not giving it the full attention. Um. But I, for me, it seems like the kind of film that would actually be quite good to sit, stick on your Blu-ray player and turn all the lights off yeah, and sit and watch it like that. Um, and I'd like to give it another watch now that... Because basically what happened was when we came out, um, one, of, one of us had to go onto Google and basically um, look up what, what is this film about and what have we just watched? And, yeah, I had a sort and of vague understanding, but I obviously think we just all, found out a bit more detail. Yeah, and I think we'd all, you know, we sort of read this article and I think we all had taken parts of that yeah. from it, but if we talk about it too much, then we'll just give it away. Yeah, it's worth a look if you like, certainly if you like horror and suspense. Yeah. 
But if you're looking not, for scares, it's, it's not, not loaded up with scares. Um, you know, there's no like gore or anything like that in it. Um, it's it's so well acted. If you want to watch, I mean, um, Tony, if you want to watch like a masterclass in acting. There's then... bits in the film where, as we say, like she's going through this grief, and there's this. Is it supernatural? There's bits where she's like almost flicking between characters, mm. isn't she? And so like you can see just, a like, personality switch yeah, on her face. But literally, like click, she's one person. Click, she's another person. Mm. Like even just like the way her eyebrows were just yeah. were different, and it's just such a such a great performance. I mean, one of the creepiest bits in the film is the fact that. She's an artist and she makes miniatures and the miniatures are creepy as. Yeah. Like the opening she's... of the film where it like zooms in on a miniature and then that miniature becomes, becomes the house. Becomes the scene, yeah. And that like really sets it up as like a... Yeah. Again, like the dread, but it's just... Yeah, it just... say so a lot of stuff... Well, not a lot of stuff happens, but there's things that happen and it is just... For me, it was very much a is it isn't it is it isn't it and then basically that is answered and i probably mm. would have preferred had that been left more open a bit like you were talking about with like the mountain between us had it been left a tad more open-ended and like up to your decision whether it was mm. that or whether it wasn't that but no i think so the, i think the thing that with me that made me so i mean if you do follow me on instagram or twitter i did post a post of i wasn't sure having come out of it whether it was crap or whether it was brilliant and I think the fact that it stuck with me for so long and I was thinking about it for like three or four days afterwards, it's definitely a brilliant film. I think mm. it is a really good film because that something like, although I love them like a Halloween film, you're not thinking about that. That's done. You've seen it. Whereas this, say we were Googling it, we were reading, yeah. not Googling it in a sense of what the fuck. We were Googling it in a sense of we wanted to understand yeah. what that ending was. Yeah, it was more like out of interest rather yeah. than frustration. Yeah, but no, um, I thought it was a very good film. But yeah, just don't expect... To be an jumping out, out of out jumping. Although there are, as we said, there are elements. There's where a we couple shut of jumpy ourselves. bits, but when you go to the cinema and you watch those kind of films, you can sometimes sort of like feed off the rest of the um, people in the screen. Like it if you go f- to a fairly full screening as well. When you go to like a comedy and everyone's laughing, it makes you laugh. And the same as if you go to like a horror at the cinema and people are jumping, it kind of makes you just feel a bit yeah. jumpy, a bit more on edge. But, then I feel but like people the... weren't really jumping, were think... they? But then the bits where we were, so the bits where we were reacting, so where we were inhaling breath and there was a bit where I got a bit sweaty palmed. I feel like everyone was getting that. It's mm. just those bits were very few and far between. Yeah. Although I feel like re-watching it, you'll see a lot more if you're paying attention because mm. there were bits as we came out. I was like, oh, did you see this thing in the background? And like, no. And then, they were, oh, did you see this in the background? And I hadn't seen it. So there's, I think, lots of stuff going on in the background. That was Terry. That's not hereditary. Yeah. There's lots of stuff <laughs> like might be. in frame that if you're watching it again, that you might potentially look out for a bit more. But I just thought, yeah, it was like a really nice, subtle film. And then, yeah, it's just, it's just jarred because it wasn't what I was expecting mm. when we went into the screening. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. Um... What else have you seen besides your Arnie films? We've watched a lot of Arnie this week. Uh, so besides my Arnie films, I watched The Mountain Between Us, which we talked about in the Cape Pod, which Sonia lent me. And I agree heartily with her that there is sort of an ending and then it continues, which is a great way to go. It doesn't just end where you think it's going to end. But I, again, would have changed the ending and just cut it off just 10, 15 seconds before yeah. it ends. But no, really good film. Idris is obviously very good in it. Kate, very good in it. The dog, wonderful. Um, lovely snowy scenes. I mean, the thing that I was... I thought it was like in the middle of nowhere where they crashed, but obviously they crashed like in Idaho or something, don't mm. they? Which changed it a little bit for me because um, it just gave a bit more 
potential of survival, mm. whether or not that happens, you have to watch the film. Uh, just while we're talking about Idris, it's not what's happened this week, but some exciting news that we've yeah. seen this week. We don't normally talk about news and rumours. I did but, a gasp, didn't I? But uh, I've heard so, this bit of news twice today and I got equally excited both We're times. very excited. So Fast and the Furious films are ones that we love. And there's a spin-off coming with Hobbs and Deckard, which is Jason Statham and The Rock's characters. And it's been announced this week that Luther, Idris Elba, will be playing the villain in that film. So we're going to have The Rock, The Statham, and Idris in and the Luther. same film. That is going to be immense. It's going to be just fucking balls to the wall, I imagine. Have you watched Luther? I love Luther. Yeah. Alice! So... Because <laughs> they're making a new series of that as well. At the moment, uh, sure. Dan from the Mother Pod hasn't seen Luther. What a dick. I know, right? Um, Luther's awesome. Everyone should watch it. Um, what else have you seen? Uh, so the only other thing I've watched this week is a TV series on Netflix, a Netflix original called Safe, which stars, is it Michael C. Hall? I don't know why you're looking Dexter. at me. I haven't seen... Oh, Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Okay. Is that the guy who plays Dexter? Yeah. I thought you were saying Michael C. Hall. No. C, the letter, dot Hall. Uh, yeah, so it stars oh, I said him. It. So it's about a gated community in Cheshire slash Manchester oh. where... Michael C. Hall plays a character, I think he's called Paul. He does an amazing, like, nondescript British accent. So he's not, like, playing a posh Englishman. It is, like, very much a normal person's accent. And he keeps it up very well. And essentially, his daughter goes to a party. The next morning, he tries to text her. She's not replying. He thinks nothing of it. And essentially, he comes to believe that she has run away, been kidnapped. Something has happened. Uh, The body of her boyfriend is found floating in a swimming pool. And it basically all escalates from there. But it's one of those, it's like eight episodes, and it's one of those dramas where at the end of every episode, there's like a cliffhanger or a, this person could have done it because. Hmm. So it sort of draws you in. And it was just, I watched it over, I think I watched it in like three sittings. So I did like a couple of episodes a day, but it was just not the best thing I've ever seen. And uh, the ending wasn't the best ending, but just really enjoyed with some great character actors. You've got Mark Warren in there, Abby what's her face from Sherlock oh yeah um, how many episodes eight and then how long are they about 50 minutes that's doable yeah no very very good um, is it like a one off like I, just those eight episodes I was episodes just about to say it, it seems like it's a one off like that story arc is finished mm. dead obviously if it does well you'd imagine that they'll try and bring those characters in but so he's just, he's not like a cop he's a doctor it's his daughter's gone missing so he's like playing cop Abby, what's her face, whose name I can't remember. She is a cop who ends up being in that case, but there's other cases going on around that and there's other things happening. But the key thing is around... So obviously, it becomes about the murder of this boy, if it is, in fact, a murder. Um, but yeah, it's just just a decent TV series that I really enjoyed. Good. Oh. Um, is it my turn? It is your turn. That That's all I've been watching other than Arnie. Okay. So... Um... I went to see a couple of other films at the cinema this week. Um, first of all, I went to see um, Leave No Trace. With yeah, I saw that. Uh, thanks for the invite. With Dan from The Mother Pod. Um, you didn't get an invite because we went in the middle of the day and I thought you'd I'd be at work. work. If anyone from work's listening, no, I wouldn't. Um, we went to see... Dan um, made me watch a video of Mark Commode uh, reviewing it and... 
Which, I mean, the way Dan sold it to me was as if he broke down and couldn't finish talking about it. And he just said towards the end, he said, oh, I'm getting a bit emotional talking about this. Um, and we thought if it brought, broke commode. brought up so many emotions in him, it must be worth a look. Um, so we went to see that on a lovely uh, sunny down Thursday. It was, what day is it today, Terry? Friday. So yesterday, um, we went to see that and it was quite depressing. Um, it's about... Um, good depressing or just depressing? No, good de- yeah, good depressing. It's like, it's about a father and daughter who's who live off the grid, if you like. He's a war veteran um, and he's he's caring for his daughter and they live in the forest. Um you know, he's he's looking after her well. They've got shelter, they've got food, he's educating her. Um, but long story short, social services get involved and try and, you know, um, house them. Um, and it just doesn't suit them. They they want to get on the move again. And But eventually, you know, they people are trying to like look after them and give them shelter, like give them a home. The woman from social services says it's not, it's not, um, against the law to to be homeless, but it is against the law to live on public land. So right, they couldn't okay. they couldn't live where they were living in the forest. Um, and eventually, though, the daughter sort of she wants to settle. She's like, the thing that's wrong with you isn't wrong with me. Yeah, yeah but the dad wants to get on the move again. Um, and you just kind of like follow their story of how they're trying to she's possibly trying a little bit more to adapt than he is. Um, and they, Set in his ways. They do... Um, well, he's suffering from PTSD as well. And they're, you know, and it, they sort of settle for a while and then they'll move on, they'll settle for a while and then they'll move on. And um, I won't tell you too much of the story and I won't certainly won't spoil the ending because I'm not Terry. Um, but it was, it was really good. And if the film was uh, very quiet, you really got the sense that it was just the two of them a lot of the time. Um, it was just sort of like quiet and you're kind of like there almost with just like their thoughts for a lot of the time. Um, and they're sort of like, they're very practical, you know, they're sort of, they're just surviving. I mean, they're they're well clothed and everything. Um, but, you know, essentially they're, they're scavenging for food and stuff like that. Um, but the girl in it is... Um, Oh, it's, it's Ben Foster's the dad. Yeah. Um, He's a very intense actor. Really, really great in this role. Um, but the girl, whose name I don't know, um, Thomasin, I think, is her first name. But she almost like... Like, you can see her age as the film goes on. It's like you're actually watching her grow up on the screen um, as her character kind of... Um, well, literally grows up. Um, is it set across like years then? No, I don't think it is. But it's almost as if just as the story develops and and her character develops, I guess, because she is just, she's not used to living in a house, for yeah. example. So when they get proper sheltered accommodation, she's a bit, and she's going to go to school and she make, starts to make friends. Do you know what I mean? And stuff yeah. like that. So, um and she tries to adapt, and yeah, you'd have to watch it to sort of see how it goes. But it's a really, it's just quite a powerful film, and it had, it had my kind of ending. I mean, I I fucking loved the ending. I thought it was really really good. Um, there was, 
there was uh, there's a bit in it where the the daughter makes friends with this boy and he's got a rabbit and he he belongs to this club and they show rabbits it's basically like crufts for rabbits and last night i had a dream that i had a rabbit it was a really lovely got a dream. Card, didn't get a rabbit in. Uh, it was a black rabbit called Floofy Baby. I fucking loved that rabbit. I really did. I'm talking about a bunny rabbit as in like, the animal. Um, <laughs> Aww. I Thanks think, for that mental image. Yeah. So it was, that was that was something really nice to come out of that. It was just that I had a happy dream that I had a pet rabbit. Um, are you going to say something? I was going to say, looking it up, so the, the girl that you mentioned, she is called Thomason McKenzie. Yeah, Thomason, that was um, it. But the director of that is Deborah Granite, who directed Winter's Bone. I don't know if you've seen yeah. that with Jennifer Lawrence. And that's a depressing film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was very much in the same vein. Yeah, yeah, yeah very much. Cause well, she's that's possibly the, like her. The girl is being touted as the next J-Law. So um, that was really good. And then I had a little break, had a couple of hours off from the cinema. And then just because I didn't... You know, the sun was out, and this, the sun's really good for like lifting your mood and positivity and that. But it's been too hot, though, isn't it? I, that, that kind of shit just doesn't sit right with me. And I thought, I've got to keep these depression levels going. Yeah, I've watched this film about this war veteran who's fucking suffering. I want to keep those uh, glum levels high. And so I went to watch the Whitney documentary, um, and that was uh, that was pretty sad. That was pretty sad. So the Whitney documentary uh, was made, I guess it's like a Netflix original, but done by Amazon. So it's available, I believe, available on Amazon Prime because I know someone who's seen it, but not at the cinema. Um, now, I saw a trailer for it a couple of weeks ago um, and I went to watch it with my mum and I thought, oh, I'd quite like to see this at the cinema because I thought that the musical performances would be good at the cinema because of the sound and it would just be nice to watch them. But actually, there are very few musical um, performances on there. Is it actually like a doc or is it like a film? No, it's a documentary. Um, You know, footage, there's interviews with family members, Bobby Brown's on there, Um, her mum's on there brothers and aunts there's been lots and lots of people that they talk to um it's a really really depressing story um it's worth a look it's probably not worth a look at the cinema if i'm honest if you've got amazon just watch it on amazon if you if you like whitney um so would you say it's just for whitney fans or is it for um because i've i wouldn't class myself as a whitney fan but i don't think you'd enjoy it if i'm honest if you're not a whitney fan then probably not um it was it was quite interesting. I mean, there was allegations of child abuse, and they kind of and they do point the finger and they name the person who uh, who did it. Um, but what I was um, quite shocked, about, I did say to my mum before going in, I just said, "Look, I I will cry at this. I just will." Um, I remember when she died, and I remember all the stuff in the press, and they were printing all these pictures of her looking very like gaunt and just almost like sunken. She just looked like a skeleton with skin hanging off of it. And I just remember all of those pictures. And actually, they showed some footage. Um, She made a film just before she died. I think it was called Sparkle, and it was a remake of a film that she'd seen as a kid. Um, And she was kind of getting herself back on track. She'd gone to rehab and she'd gone through it. And the people that made the film with her said, you know, it was like she had a purpose to get up every day. And she, she was kind of like, trying to sort her life back out she she gained a bit of weight she was looking healthy she seemed happy she was singing and they, they were just these very sort of like um the the documentary is made up of lots of sort of like shoddy like home video type footage yeah. 
but you could hear that she was singing okay. She just seemed really happy. And essentially, when that film finished, she went she went back home um, and she didn't have that reason to get up every day. And I think, and things turned around very quickly. And I think very shortly after that, she, uh, she was dead. Um, but what I was surprised about was there was some footage. She tried to do like some comeback shows. I think this was before the film and it was in the news at the time where people had gone to see her and were so disgusted with her performances that they'd mm. walked out of these gigs. And it had this footage and I think it was like in Wales or something like that. She was on stage. She was, she was, really out of shape. I mean, she was really bloated and she couldn't sing. And um, um, I was telling my mate about it today and he said, oh, what? Because she was so, like, fucked on drugs. I was like, no, she'd lost her voice. Mm. Like, that amazing voice that she had and it, it had gone. She'd just lost her voice. And that was really, like, heartbreaking to, to watch. Um, and I, I, I had not seen anything like that before. That's not the... The Whitney that I remembered before she died was all these awful pictures of her looking like really thin and ill. And and I'd kind of missed this other bit where she'd tried to make a comeback and had couldn't sing and stuff like that. It was just really, really upsetting. But I think if you if you like music, you know, like music documentaries, yeah, it's definitely worth a watch, but watch it on Amazon. You don't need to go to the cinema because I thought there would be more like concert performances. Um, Probably rights issues and stuff. And like there that, just there just wasn't. And um there were some, but the footage that they use is quite poor. So it was disappointing in that respect, but I enjoyed watching it. Um, it was very sad. Very sad. Um, and other than that, I've just been watching Arnie films. Oh, and besides, so over on the mother pod, um, I think Russ was talking about his debilitating Brooklyn Nine-Nine habit um i also am suffering from that um i just yeah, I need to start watching that. i just can't i can't stop watching it and i every time uh lucy my housemate walks in um she hears the theme tune well or, you were watching it when i walked in i today. was watching it when you were here i was watching it when dan turned up i was i watched it when lucy's getting home i've always got brooklyn 99 on if i'm not watching it, i'm thinking about it and i will be anywhere and I will just think of a line from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and just start laughing randomly. Um, so besides that one odd dream that I had about, that I had a bunny rabbit called Floofy Baby, um, um, it's it's all-consuming, if I'm honest. Um, if you haven't watched it, watch it. It is a lol fest. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been watching. So are we done with our weekly roundup? Yeah, so it's been a very slow week for me. Well, except for Ar- except for all the Arnie that yeah. we've been watching. So last week we talked about um, our Arnie All Nicer that we went to and we talked about the seven films that we saw there. Um, as we said, loads and loads of people got in touch telling us how much they loved Arnie and we've got loads of quotes, we've got loads of lists of favourite films. We've actually compiled a listener top ten Arnie films from everyone's feedback, which is, which is kind of fun. Um, what we're going to do is we're going to just talk about some of the films that people mentioned which weren't in the Arnie All Night and we're just going to have a little uh, bit of a chat about those. Um, first one that's up, I believe Terry's seen, uh, Sixth Day. So yeah, so Sixth Day, I've only, I haven't seen it for a long time, I've seen it a couple of times. So it's Arnie in full-on comedy action mode. So Arnie is a pilot and he ends up taking someone who's like on... Someone who's not is a bit of a wrong and and his plane ends up I think it might be a helicopter ends up crashing and unbeknownst to the 
said wrong and he actually survives and he goes home and he's already at home and it's like he's been cloned and replaced to sort of hide the fact that these people were there and the whole film is like him trying to find out who did it why they did it um and yeah it's just sort of it's not a bad film it's like your standard comedy action i think he ends up with some sort of comedy sidekick um but yeah it's just yeah him trying to find out that i think if i recall there's like a funny scene with a dog uh, like his dog doesn't believe it's him because obviously he's already in the house um but yeah perfectly decent i believe that is a 50p kex film from when Ooh. i was looking through for my kex file um but yeah no worth a watch but i can't remember anything massively brilliant yeah. about it sorry about the rustling i am looking we've got because so many people got in touch um we have Copious got we've got notes. ridiculous amounts of notes we did get one one person who got in touch uh sixth day was mentioned as one of their favorite arnie films um so there's that uh moving on from well, these are in no kind of order by the way we just wrote down uh films that we wanted to talk about pumping iron have you seen it i have not it is on my netflix list so, but that is with many things was that like the first thing he did before he did any feature films? Yeah, so that was the first straight thing. From, yeah, yeah, well, not straight he, from bodybuilding, because been doing during Mr. the bodybuilding. Stuff, so, yeah. um, now, the, the, I'm get, first thing I'm going to say about this, because theatrical cut superfan Rob, who asked us to put Arnie in the hat, he actually included Pumping Iron in his top five Arnie films, yeah? And I wanted to watch Pumping Iron because... I like looking at muscles. Muscular men. Yeah, so I was just like, well, this win-win. And I didn't realise till I was putting all the notes together that Rob and I picked the same best quote. I In all my notes, right, on my phone, I've just got one note for, for everything, and it's just this one quote from Pumping Iron, and Rob chose the same one. Milk is for babies. When you grow up, you have to drink beer because someone asks him if he drinks milk. <laughs> um... <laughs> I I like Pumping Iron because I don't think Arnie's a great actor. I love watching Arnie films. I love yeah. it. You know, I love the action films and stuff. But no, I don't think he's a great actor. But in Pumping Iron, he's not acting. He's him. He's an arrogant fuck. Oh, yeah. Um, well, at that point, you must have already bombed Mr. <coughs> Universe at least once, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. So he, he was, you know, he was winning everything that he was going into. It's... Yeah, he is the main focus of Pumping Iron, but there's other people in there as well. Lou Ferrigno's uh, featured in it as well, who at the time was the world's largest bodybuilder, but Arnie still beat him. Um, it's just it's just really interesting to watch. Mm. Um, you know, I've been to bodybuilding competitions. They're, I mean, they're just focusing on the, the big guys um, in this, so they're only filming that element of the competition. Um or competitions that they go to. But it's quite funny watching all these guys, you know, in the 70s wearing their short shorts and their tiny little vests all kind of like hanging around and oiling each other up because they're oiled in those days. They're not tanned. Um, You know, and just admiring each other's muscles and talking about, you know, the best exercises doing. They're just like, oh, I just want to be bigger than Arnie. I just want to be bigger than Arnie. Um, But there was one, like, really um, interesting... um, uh, bit in it, um, which which just really surprised me. There was a there was a scene when Arnie was talking about when he's prepping for a competition, he can't have any distractions. So he's just like, I can't have like a new girlfriend, for example, because it'd be just be too distracting. I've just got to focus on my workouts, on my workouts. He's like, if someone crashes into my car, 
I can't be dealing with that. I just have to get like my assistant to just deal with it. And I don't, I can't have that distraction. And um, his dad died two months before uh, one of his competitions and his mum phoned him up. She says, I've got bad news. Your dad's just died. And he said, well, there's nothing I can do about it now. He's dead. And he goes, so I didn't go to his funeral because I was prepping for this competition. And if I'm honest, it caused some friction in my family. <laughs> A minor bit of friction. Thinking, well, no fucking way, Arnie. Um, so that I find, you know, I found that a little bit. I was thinking, I, I've seen people prepping for competitions and they don't want any distractions. But, you know, we're talking about, you know, like maybe a new girlfriend or something like that. And I kind of understand where he was coming from. Like, oh, if I crash my car, I'd get someone else to deal with it. But to not go to your dad's funeral, mm, that kind of seems then, a little bit. With Arnie's age and where he grew up, his dad might not have been a nice man. Um, he just watch just watch the documentary that's not how it comes across okay. it's just kind of like hey I was prepping for my competition so you know I'm doing that I'm not well, doing that's anything that's how you else. win Mr Universe um, it depends what's most important to you I guess um, the lamentation of the women yeah so um, if you're an Arnie fan and you haven't seen Pumping Iron I think it's definitely worth a look like Terry said it's on Netflix really easy to watch um, is it long? no an hour and a half if that um it gets a bit tedious in times. They're all, they're all just literally hanging around in their short shorts. Is it not speedos? When they're on stage, yeah. Uh. Um, when they're just out and about, no. Um, so that's that's Pumping Iron. It's decent. Um, I enjoyed it. Possibly won't watch it again because it's a documentary. And it's not about a serial killer, so it's only got one watch from me. Um, going on from that then, Terry, uh, Twins... So, yeah, so Twins was very much, at the time, quite the different step for Arnie. So it was his first out-and-out comedy where, inexplicably, he plays a twin and his twin is Danny DeVito. That's just crazy. It is indeed. So they were born of an experiment. So it was all their mother was part of an experiment. They got lots of men and they... It's not explicitly said, but they basically mixed the DNA to create the perfect person so the people the the potential fathers were like scholars fitness people so that they would have everything and julius who is arnold schwarzenegger's character what a name julius is the character that is is the person that is born of this um he believes that he's an only child he's grown up on this island with access to all these books and he's basically led this wonderful lifestyle and he finds out that he he had a brother that was born at the same time of the same thing and that was Danny DeVito who obviously didn't get those good genes so is Arnie supposed to be like the perfect yeah he's supposed specimen. to be the specimen yeah the ultimate human because they've while he's been living on this island they've been like teaching him like philosophy and like building his brain he's obviously built his muscles but the whole idea was, could you build like the perfect human base? Well, they clearly DNA. didn't because it's a male. Ooh. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it is basically an out-and-out sort of buddy comedy. So he travels, he literally gets in a paddle boat with some oars and sails the sea to get to his brother. Hasn't um, he been on a paddle boat before? Wasn't he in a paddle boat in Commando? In Commando, in Speedos. I believe he was wearing more than Speedos in this film. Um, and Danny DeVito's character is pretty much the entire opposite. So he's a bit of a con man. He's a womanizer. Obviously, he's short and fat, not huge and muscular. Um, and he basically doesn't believe Julius. Um, 
but it trans for whatever reason he starts to believe it at first he's just trying to exploit him and then like the whole family thing comes out he basically tricks him into doing some sort of weird road trip to sell an engine but it's actually got some really nice moments in it. it's got some very funny moments um some I mean, I'm assuming there are some great quotes there, but I can't think of any of them. But I don't think we got sent any from Twins. No, but just seeing the double act of Danny DeVito and Arnold Schwarzenegger, it's just they actually do have quite good chemistry on screen together. Yeah, carry on. Um, so, yeah, it's just a really nice film. So Arnie really flexing his comedy muscles. I mean, an interesting fact about this film, because, as I say, it was Arnie, the action superstar, making a comedy the studio was really, really dubious of making the film and they really didn't want to sort of do it and they pushed so hard and basically Danny DeVito, Arnold Schwarzenegger and I believe it's Ivan Reitman who directed it basically took basic salary. Mm. So they only got paid about 10 grand each to make the film but had a percentage based on how it performed at the box office and I believe for all three of them it's one of their highest earning films that they've ever made Okay, because it actually turned out to be a smash hit uh, to the tune of some 30 years later, they're now currently talking about a sequel called Triplets where they, f- where they find out that they have another brother who will be played by Eddie Murphy. So that's going to be quite a turn up for the books. Is that ready? Well, I don't know. So I, I was mistaken. We did get a... Um... It's not necessarily a quote. It's a, a scene, but it's it's an audible scene. Well, let's let's see because I don't know the scene, so... Maybe get ready to cut this out, Dan. Let's give this a whirl. So this is him Take on the plane. Take out the papers and the trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrap that kitchen floor, you ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Don't go back. Da, 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 da. I knew you were trouble the second I laid on it on you. And yeah, I'm going to leave that there. Um, so that's Julius on a plane for the first time, listening to rock and roll music for the first time. Um, and it is, it's got a very innocent vibe to it when you see it because like, he's got a big smile on his face. He's all happy. He's like chatting to people on the plane and everyone's looking at him like, fuck off, mate. <laughs> Just oh. get on with your life. But no, very enjoyable. It's one that I would have liked to have got watched again, but I don't currently own it and I... Stroke. I didn't want to pay a lot of money for it because fifty p. Yeah, because I'm sure it won't live up to the memories I have in my mind, mm. uh, as Conan didn't. Um, but yeah, I remember it just being a very enjoyable, easy to watch comedy. Yeah, uh, Paul actually got in touch with that and said he felt that scene with Arnie singing was comedy gold. Oh yeah, so to see um, the way his face is reacted, well, just hearing it isn't quite as good. But his face did look yeah. very happy, um, and then. A few people put this in as a special mention. Jingle All The Way. I love Jingle All The Way. It is a surprisingly good film. It is in the Christmas rotation yeah. for me. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. I watch it every year. It's just... Does he punch a reindeer? I know a reindeer turns up a lot, doesn't it? I don't know if he punches a reindeer. Um, uh, obviously, f- well, not famous cameo, but the neighbour who he has a lot of running battles and hates is the voice of Troy McClure from The Simpsons. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, he has the running battle with that police officer as mm. well, doesn't he? Where every time he turns up, he does something that like knocks his bike over. Um, yeah, just enjoyable fluff, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it really is. Um, right, next one, I, I think Terry's seen, possibly not from a long time. Quite a few people mentioned this one. Uh, True Lies? 
So yeah, so True Lies, early 90s, another reunion with James Cameron, uh, where Arnie plays a secret agent. He's married to Jamie Lee Curtis. He's got a daughter. They think he's a boring salesman, but he's actually like this spy who's off doing amazing missions. Uh, the first, the opening scene is like a Bond-esque, him escaping from a party, having just um, like stolen the relevant information. Um, it takes a turn for the difference when Jamie Lee Curtis's character, who obviously feels like she's in a boring relationship with a boring man, is sort of yearning for excitement. Bill Paxton rocks up and he's a guy pretending to be a secret agent and he sort of chats her up in a sort of, oh, I need you to help me on this mission. Mm. Arnie finds out and there's an amazing scene where he kidnaps this guy and is like, oh, I've heard you're a secret agent and Bill Paxton's character pisses his pants because he's that scared. And then Arnie decides to help his wife with a bit of excitement so he like creates a mission for her to do. Mm. Um, There's an amazing scene where for whatever reason, I guess because he's just trying to have fun with it, he tells her that she's got to do like a lap dance for him. I wonder if this is what I've got written down. Yeah, it will be. And she's like doing this really sexy dance in her bra and underpants and she's swinging around this pole and then she goes to grab the pole, misses and just lands flat on her face and it is just yeah. so funny, just so perfectly acted so that, by Jamie Lee Curtis. That was sent in um, as funniest scene. Yeah, uh, someone sent that one in. Um, so yeah, so it then tra- then basically they end up working together to try and stop this terrorist cell, and it does have a fantastic Arnie one-liner. So at the end, are you going to do an impression? I'll attempt another impression. So it ends with him in a like jet plane. The villain is somehow attached to a missile on said jet plane. Arnie looks at him and goes, you're fired, and then fires the missile into a building, killing the villain. Someone sent that one in as favourite quote as well. Um, um, yeah, Dan from The Motherpod actually said that True Lies was one of his favourite films. Yeah, it, it is, because f- for Arnie, it's got the comedy, it's got the action, and it's it's sort of not taking the piss out of itself, but it's not taking itself seriously. Mm. It's actually got a, a young Eliza Dushku in it as well, as his daughter. Oh, okay. See, you're describing it. I feel like I might have seen this. You probably, I mean, you probably have. It would have been. Yeah. On, I believe this is another 50p gem as well. Yeah. Again, I was very annoyed to find I didn't actually own this film because I swear to God I did. I probably lent it to someone. I've forgotten who, as I've done with a lot of my films. I'll probably find it when I'm yeah. unpacking. Um, okay, then moving on to another film then, which divides Terry and I. Um, end of, end of days. Sorry, had a so little you're hiccup there. Divide us. So when we were both talking about on the way back from the Arnie night to trying to keep ourselves awake on the train, we were talking about different films that he'd done that wasn't just out and out action, and we both had fond memories of this. Mm. It turns out you had fond memories of a different film. I was thinking <laughs> of the film Stigmata, <laughs> uh, which I'm um, sure is a better film than End of Days. I haven't had chance to rewatch End of Days. And it's probably been a good few years. I have very good memories. I just, from my memories, he's playing a very different character to his usual character. He's not the action superstar. He's not a man at the peak of physical fitness or anything like that. He's very downtrodden. He's very broken. His wife and daughter have been murdered or killed. And he's like just the crux of a man. There's He's just a hollow husk. And that was, it's actually like one of his first proper acting mm. roles where he's not just, oh, look at my muscles, I'm going to beat you up. Because it is about the devil and end of days as in the apocalypse. I say my memories of it are that it is very good. Again, we've spoken about it. Gabriel Byrne is in it as a that's, man who is that's possessed That's why I was confused because he's in Stigmata. Yeah. So I was watching End of Days and I actually watched it today. 
and I was waiting for Patricia Arquette to turn up, so I couldn't work out, because it's got Robin Tully in it. I was thinking, well, what's she, like, who's she playing? Yeah? Because I'm waiting for Patricia Arquette to turn up. And then Dan pointed out, you're thinking of the wrong film, dear. Um, And I'm not going to lie, I was disappointed. Um, was it just because you thought it was Stigmata, or I thought I was going to be watching Stigmata? I was looking forward to it. That's I thought it was the same film, basically, um, and I, I just don't like End of Days as much. Okay, I wanted to watch Stigmata. <sighs> so that, I haven't that. seen it, but I have very fond memories of Arnie tr- actually trying something different with a character. Yeah, some I believe this. Um, let me just consult the notes. Hope, hope the microphones don't pick that up. <laughs> um, someone did uh, did give a vote to End of Days, favourite Arnie films. Um, moving on from End of Days, we've just got one more before we go into our Kex files. Escape Plan, one of the newer ones. Uh, so, yeah, so this is one post his governorship of California. A reunion with Stallone after The Expendables. Um I actually really like this film. It's more, again, not your out-and-out action. It's more of a thriller. So Sylvester Stallone plays a man whose job it is to test if a prison is unbreakable, mm. if you can get out. So the opening is like him breaking out of a prison and like he's literally like using the wax paper off of a carton of milk to use someone's fingerprint. Um, I think it's got 50 Cent in it as well as like his accomplice. And basically he's hired to go to this new prison that's been built again. So he goes in, no one knows that he's who he is, but he has a code word with the governor that he'll just say to the governor, this is who I am, this hmm. is your code word, Like, let me out, Like, stop trying to chase me, etc. And he's sent to this new, slightly high-tech prison, and essentially he then goes to the governor, and the governor's like, what the fuck are you on about? And essentially he's been stitched up, and he's now in this prison, and he has to legitimately try and escape. Hmm. Um, Arnie plays another inmate who's a bit of a bit of a don who people don't mess with um he has some great one-liners in this um there's a bit where he has to start a fight to cause a distraction so stallone can steal something and the guy punches him and just goes you punch like a vegetarian that was a fucking awful accent that went indian Um, and yeah it's just he plays like a really interesting character again so it's not out and out action um and it's just sort of like them versus the screws to a degree and it's like where is this prison and escaping from the prison? I found it very enjoyable. I've watched it a couple of times. I did see it at the cinema. I, think yeah. it's, I actually think it's like a decent film. Yeah, I, I remember enjoying it. Uh, Post-Expendables, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. I think you said that, yeah. Because yeah, Expendables was, was right. on hiatus and this was like one of his first big films after coming back. Cool. So, there are the other films. So, these are films are not that... not talking about the other one? What other one? It's on The Kindergarten Cop. Oh, it's not on the list. Sorry, Terry, I didn't write it down. Yeah, okay. A few people mentioned that, and it is one. They did. I didn't write it down. You know why? Because kindergarten's quite a long word. I was probably (laughs) just feeling a bit lazy. Uh, Yeah, so kindergarten cop, Arnie Shock Horror plays a police officer. So him and a female police officer are going, they're trying to hunt down. So they're hunting a criminal who's gone underground. So they're going after his illegitimate son in the hopes that he's got contact with him so they can so the female police officer is going to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher and he's obviously they're playing like husband and wife and he'll be there once they get there the partner ends up becoming very ill and arnie has to go undercover as a kindergarten teacher and it is comedy gold is it it is 
genuinely funny so there's a couple of quotes that i really enjoy i think one got sent in uh, by one of our listeners um one of the kids is incredibly morbid um and like his dad had died of something and he's talking about oh yeah my I'm not meant to be your teacher, but I'm covering because they're ill. And this kid just keeps going, have they got a tumour? My dad had a tumour. And Arnie just says, I go, it's not a tumour! <laughs> um, which is quite yeah. quite enjoyable. People and then did send that one in. He basically, he's very unsubtle with what he's doing because obviously he's not a teacher in any way. So he's literally, he, he creates a game to play with the children because obviously he doesn't know which child it is. So he knows who the mother is. So he's trying to find out and he plays a game with the kids called who is your daddy and what does he do? And that's one of my favourite quotes. And it's literally just literally tell me what your dad does so I can work out if it's this crisp guy that I need to kill. Um, and obviously he coincidentally falls in love with the mother of the right child. Oh, God. Um, I mean, there's a really annoying bit right at the end where he's basically ended up with a broken leg and he goes, obviously the kids end up falling in love with him. He becomes an amazing teacher. Spoiler alert. Um, and he goes, he has a final gun battle. So he, he gets shot in the leg. He turns up back at the school and everyone like, hugs him. His leg's in plaster, but he's got trousers on underneath the plaster. <laughs> it just seems like such a small thing to miss. <laughs> yeah, just wrap badges around that. I'll be fine. Oh, dearie me. Um, but no, a genuine, like, again, I haven't seen it for a few years, so it might not have held up quite as well. But I remember just enjoying it again, an action comedy. Mm. Um, but yeah, just enjoyable. Um, yeah, I've seen it many, many years ago. Can't really remember it that much. But yeah, quite a few people got in touch, especially about the tumour quote. Yeah. Um, okay, so these are these are all films that weren't in the all-nighter um, that people have got in touch with us about and said that they enjoyed. Um, so that's all of those. And then the last two Arnie films that we're going to talk about are our Kex files from this yes. week. Um, who wants to go first? I have... No opinion on that. I'm happy to go first or I'm happy to go second. I'll tell you what, you've just talked quite a lot, so <laughs> I'll go first. I'll keep this very brief. I watched the film Maggie. It's one of his newer ones. How long has it been out, Terry? A couple, couple of years. A couple of years, yeah. Um, he plays a guy. He doesn't play Maggie. Um, Maggie's his daughter. There's a virus going around. People get bit. Um, effectively, they turn into zombies. Um um cannibalistic uh zombies um but once you get bit it takes like a couple of weeks for the uh, virus to take hold so someone can get bit and they can get treated or they're trying to find like um like so they're basically she's got bitten on the arm and the doctor's saying well you know we might be able to fix it you might save your arm blah 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 and all of this and he plays the father so don't they come and like collect them or something when they're near the end yeah. or something um he plays the the loving father who stays with his daughter right until the end um that's really all i can tell you about that film because um i was really bored <laughs> watching it so um I, d I don't really have much else to say about it other than i was bored terry have you seen it i have seen it again not since it came out i remember thinking it was again it was him trying something different this is yeah no, i didn't, it, this I is didn't like think say, he was bad in a it. loving father he's actually acting because when he first came back he did i feel like he didn't try and come back as the arnie we remembered he tried yeah to do some different stuff and i think he doesn't like fall flat on his face but yeah it is a bit of a 
But then it's quite a small, low-budget film. Yeah, so. I mean, I didn't think it looked low-budget. I thought it looked all right. It's got the girl from uh, Little Miss Sunshine. Abigail Breslin. Yeah. Um, and she pl- she plays Maggie, and I, you know, and it's about... It's about her. I didn't really feel like it was a film about Arnie, or, you know, his uh, character was the main character. I thought it was more about the family, but it just didn't really keep my interest that much. Um I would certainly never watch it again. And interestingly, someone did vote for it as one of Arnie's worst films, uh, which I thought was a little bit harsh because I think there's a lot worse. I think it's one of those, if you're an Arnie fan for like Commando, you're not going to like it. Uh, Yeah. Like I say, I didn't didn't think it was shit. I was bored when I was watching it. I'm not going to watch it again, but I'm not going to slate it if it's on. I wouldn't pay for it if it's on. Give it a look. Especially Um, for Dan from The Mother Pod, it's got a lenticular sleeve. Oh, Yeah. Better keep that away from him. Um, Terry, what did you watch for your Kex file? So my Kex file is a kind of cheat. So it is a film I'd seen before, but I didn't own it. And I, again, haven't seen it for years. So it was with Last Action Hero. So this is from the mid-90s. And this is like, again, Arnie properly reaching out into comedy. So it is a film within a film. So we've got a young boy called Danny who loves the Jack Slater films. And Jack Slater is a character played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. So again, he's just like your action super. He plays a cop, but he's an action superstar. Um, his new film is coming out, and he go. He's really good friends with the theater owner, and the theater owner's like, "I get the print on midnight. Come and watch it. Like you can watch it on your own." Bit creepy, paedophilic tendencies. If if you were to watch it these days, and when he turns up, he's like, "Oh, I've got this." I mean, I'm paraphrasing. Here's a magic ticket that Harry Houdini gave me. He said it like come to life in the cinema. Ha <laughs> ha. So he's watching the latest Jack Slater film. The ticket starts to buzz and he ends up in the film with Jack Slater. When you're in the film, it like completely takes the piss out of action films. So the good, the bad guy shooting a million times. Jack Slater fires once and kills like four people. When he shoots a car, the car explodes. Um, there's a bit where he falls into tar, gets out, wipes his face and he's completely clean. Mm. And it's like properly taken... He goes home because his clothes get ruined and he opens his cupboard and he's got the same shirt, the same trousers, the same boots like 15 times. And it's like a proper piss take of every like action thing. There's animated characters in it, hmm. like an animated cat. And like the Danny is like trying to say like, this is a film, like it's not real. Obviously he doesn't believe it because it's his life. Um, Charles Dance is in it as the villain who okay. has a glass eye. And essentially, they end up in the real world. So we've cut out a bit, and that's when he realises obviously it is all real, and he isn't he isn't real, and obviously everything's different in the real world. His gun doesn't blow things up. He gets hurt because obviously in the film, if he gets shot, it's a flesh wound that actually doesn't do anything, and it's just so it's just it's almost like a sort of scary movie for action films, but before okay. we sort of had those, and it's just real poking fun at everything. Um, that he uses the phrase I'll be back and he goes I bet you didn't guess I was going to say it says you say that in every film you're in um, there was a re- there's a amazing quote which someone actually did send in which is just because he gets really annoyed with the kid because he keeps telling him everything he's going to say everything he's going to do um, and he turns to him and just says um, rubber booty bu- buggy bouncer I bet you didn't guess I was going to say that did you because he just picks random words out of nowhere and another quote that was sent in when we first meet Jack Slater, he's walking into a hostage situation and this cop saying, no, I've been told by the boss, you can't come in. And just goes, have you ever considered being a farmer? Kicks him square in the bollocks. Here's a couple of acres. 
Oh, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Because I was just reading the quote and I'm thinking... Yeah, he kicked why, him in the groin in the interim. Why have they picked that quote? It's shit. Um, but now that you've explained the scene, and then it makes another sense. quote that I really enjoyed. In the, in the film, within the film, Danny's trying to say, no, you're Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're not Jack Slater. Oh, Jack Slater. So he goes, oh, let's go to the video store and I'll show you Arnold Schwarzenegger. They go there and Sylvester Stallone was the star of Terminator 2. There's like a poster and it's Sylvester Stallone. And then later on they're talking and he, Danny just goes, oh, you think you're really funny, don't you? He goes, I know I'm, I am. I'm the famous comedian Arnold Braunschweiger. <laughs> and he just gets his own name wrong, which I just found really funny. And Danny corrects him, no, it's Schwarzenegger. And he says, Gesundheit. <laughs> so even taking the piss out of his own name. So it's... I mean, it's quite long. It's like two hours, but it's just really enjoyable, yeah, silly. I'll have to give that a watch. It, sounds... um, it is also on Netflix as well as a 50 pence purchase from Kex if you want to get involved on that. Um, but yeah, just enjoyable. It didn't do very well. I don't think people like understood it back in the early 90s. Mm. It wasn't what they were expecting. It also stars Ian McKellen as well in like a sort of small part before he was Gandalf. But yeah, no, I would heartily recommend it. I re- it's a film that I had fond, well, fondish memories. I couldn't remember a lot of it, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Lovely. Right. So that's all the Arnie films that we're going to talk about. They are some of our favourites, some of your favourites. Um, Terry, are we going to do your top five first? Or do you want to hear the listener top ten and see how your top films compare? Well, so... I- with my top five, it's, we've pretty much talked about all of them anyway. So yes, I'm interested to know what are your top five Arnie films. You just want me to tell you them now? Yeah, why not? So not in any real particular order, but it is Terminator Two, Predator, Commando, Running Man, and then it's sort of a tie with Terminator One, and um, I mean I've got End of Days on this list because I can't really remember it, and I just remember liking it, but I need to see that again before mm. I properly called that. But um, I've lost my train of thought. I mean, Twins would be up there for me, again, not having seen it. But yeah, definitely T2, Predator, Commando, Running Man and T1 okay. would probably be my top five. Sweet. Right, so I'm going to tell you guys what your top ten is that you've not voted for, but we had so many people get in touch that we were able to draw a table, weren't we, Terry? We were. A table. I say we, you. I did it. Um, and, and count... Count the votes. I wonder if Terry can guess what's number one. Um, I'm going to start at the bottom. Number 10. The number 10 most mentioned film from our listeners was Conan. Yeah. I feel People like that's every, that's everyone going on memories, not on having rewatched it. Yeah. Um, coming in at number nine, Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Not surprised. It's not a tumour. Um, and then the seven and eight place actually switched over after we got some late numbers coming in. Uh, so thank you to Rob Movie Geek um, for getting in touch. You actually flipped our seven and eighth place. So coming in at number eight is Last Action Hero. Yeah. Um, and coming in at number seven, Totes Recall. Any surprises yet, Terry? Uh I'm, to be honest, I'm a little bit surprised that Last Action Hero made the top ten, but I did really enjoy it. It's just I, it's not one that people talk about a lot. No, and someone did actually call it underrated, but yeah, quite yeah. a few people mentioned it. Coming in at number six, we've got True Lies. Yeah, and then I think the top five is not really much of a surprise. Number five, Running Man. Number four, Commando, and then 
the next two are actually joint. They got the same amount of mentions each and from different people, Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. So they take joint second and then first place, far and away ahead of everything else is Predator. Yeah, no surprises. Can't argue with that. Yeah, no surprises whatsoever. Um, so I would say the top four of that list, Predator, Terminator 1, Terminator 2, t- and then Commando, they're easily my four favourite films. Yeah. If I was to pick a top five, I'd probably chuck in Jingle all the way just because I watch it every year because it's my in my Christmas rotation. All so very rewatchable. But I might watch Last Action Hero Now based on what you said. Um, then we've also got a bottom three um, from the listeners. Now, one film... One film got the same amount of mentions as our best film, but for completely different reasons. So let's just do our top three, well, no, bottom three (laughs) films that were mentioned because people thought they were shit. So number three is Eraser. Again, I haven't seen it for a while, but I remember it just being like standard action flick. Number two, Junior. Yeah, I've only seen that once. I mean, who needs to see it? Is that the one where he's pregnant? Yeah. Him and Emma Thompson, and he ends up pregnant. Again, that's Danny DeVito's in that. That was like billed as a reunion of twins. Oh, okay. Number um, one. I don't think I don't think this is a surprise. What do you think is num- number one bottom film? I'm going to go with Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin. You guys think it's a stinker. I think it's fucking terrible. I actually, when we started talking about Arnie, the first thing that popped into my head was that Mr. Freeze bullshit. Um, what do you think of it? As a Batman film, it's awful. It's one of those films where, because I saw it when I was younger, at the cinema, I saw it and I was like, oh, wow, that's brilliant. And then like by the time I'd got home, I was like, no, that was fucking shit. I do think Arnie is the best thing in it because he is just so over the top. He's He realises, I think, that he's in a stupid film and is playing it for laughs. I mean, again, one-liner machine. Because obviously he is Mr. Freezer. You're not sending me to the cooler. Oh, it's just ter- they, they're not one good, they're not good one-liners though. They're just awful. I just, I mean, Batman has a soft spot in my Mate, heart. It makes me that film just properly makes me cringe. I it's d- not I, a good film, oh, but it's horrible. Um, so yeah, your your favorite your favorite Arnie film is Predator. Your least favorite Arnie film is Batman and Robin. I feel like that's fair to be honest. Yeah. Um, and that's it, Terry. I'll, I've got no more Arnie notes. I'm I mean, all I'm all done. I had a couple more because at one point we were going to talk about our favourite quotes. So I've got a couple more quotes oh, yeah, that yeah, we yeah. haven't actually mentioned. Uh, so obviously we've already mentioned. Do it in the voice. We've already had the actual audio of "I lied," which is possibly my favourite Arnie quote. My favourite quote from Predator, which I think you mentioned, but you obviously did the voice. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Back in my HMV days, me and Theon used to shout that at each other pretty much daily. Oh, that's No beautiful. idea why. Um, but yeah, it's just... I feel like that's probably one Where of Where were you trying to get to? No, we'd just shout it at each other. We weren't oh, okay. going anywhere. Oh, okay. We'd, just, we'd, we'd shout... I mean, the other another one that we'd say all the time is, let off some steam, Bennett, from Commando, where he's just impaled Bennett with a tube so, and there's steam pouring out of his chest. So many people um, mentioned that, that quote, that scene. Yeah. Commando is just so quite but yeah me and Theon would just constantly shout those quotes at each other uh, and then uh, my favourite TT TT T2 quote didn't get mentioned by anyone and it's actually one of the more as we said before like the emotional moments towards the end let me just get it up so that I can get it spot on so 
It's, I know now why you cry, but it is something that I can never do. I don't know why that quote just sticks with me. Because there's a bit in the thing before where he asks John why he cries mm. because he doesn't understand. And then this is right at the end. They defeated the T-1000 and we know what's coming. And yeah, I just thought that was a, a nice quote. Yeah. It just sticks with me. Yeah. It's just saying because he physically can't cry. Yeah. What would be the point of robots crying? Yeah. Um... Yeah, cool. Any more for any more? No, I think I'm done. Um, I'm all arnied out. Yeah, me too. I'm so arnied out. So Arnie, uh, the other one, Stallone, although we haven't spoken about him, we did uh, Stath, which meant we did Expendables. I'm fucking sick of these guys now. We need a break. Um, what we're going to do, so we normally like to share our stuff on Instagram. We're going to be sharing some stuff on Twitter instead because we're going to share some of your guys' favourite scenes and some of your favourite quotes which we didn't get a chance to uh, mention so because sure we've got so many. At theatrical cut. On the Twitter. Um, once again, very special thanks to um, Arnie Superfans, Rob and Ed for requesting that we put this in the hat uh, because we very much enjoyed doing it. We did want to do Arnie anyway, but it's it's nice that you guys want to talk about the same stuff that we want to talk about. We, we like the interaction with the listeners. Um, well, I inter- I work with both of those guys, so I interact with them quite a lot for my sins. Um, I didn't mean that. Um, <laughs> one of them is my boss, I have to say that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so we're going to pick another subject out of the hat. We are Exciting so time. The hat, the hat is present. Am I picking or are you picking? It's your pick. I picked last one. Uh, Terry, don't, don't do it on the microphone. Fuck off. You did it with the paper. Let me have a little rummage. Hold on. Little rummage. If it sounds a bit heavier than usual, it's because Sonia's decided to start keeping sweets in how, the hat. How does it sound heavy? It just sounds a little bit more rustly. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, but it sounds... There's more weight behind it, isn't there? There's more weight behind it. So it's a yellow one. It's one of mine. Uh, vampires, Terry. We're going to be talking about vampires. Does that mean we have to talk about Twilight? No, doesn't Thank necessarily. Fuck for that. Doesn't necessarily mean we have to talk about Twilight because we're going to watch the films that we want to watch. Um, any any pointy teeth fuckers will cover. Blood drinkers. Well, what are you getting at? Well, there's a film. Wow, we'll yeah. discuss it. We'll discuss it yeah. off mic. Um, what I'm looking for, because this is one of mine, I just yeah, just found, if you consider it a vampire movie, we'll stick it in. Me and you, yeah. we'll stick our heads together. We'll think it's a vampire movie. You guys can get in touch. If anyone wants to watch Twilight and get in touch about those, that's absolutely fine. I, mean, I have seen them, but I just don't want to have to watch them all again. Yeah, we don't have to watch them again. Um, yeah, I fucking love vampire movies, like Bagsy Lost Boys. Oh, Bagsy, Bram Stoker's Dracula. That's fine then. I'll have Lost Boys, you'll have that. Um, sweet. So next week, two hours on those two films. <laughs> pretty, well. that pretty much that's done, isn't it? Um, okay, guys, thanks for listening. Um, so let us know about your favourite vampire films, vampires. I mean, yeah. Vampires. Yeah, well, vampire films, actual, maybe specific vampires. Maybe you're not actually keen on the film, but there's a character within Oh, characters. I was going to say, that actual vampires aren't yeah. a thing. They're well, not. that you know of. Oh, come on. It's a big old world out there. There's not vampires, though, is it? 
Possibly not in the sense of turning into bats and living forever, but I'm sure there's people that drink blood and call themselves vampires. There are people that drink blood and call themselves vampires, but as a as a thing, <laughs> vampires are a thing. Anyway, we're not going to get into that. So that's <laughs> we're getting into a philosophical debate now. That's a discussion for the next podcast. Are vampires real? I'm going to say no. <laughs> Pull yourselves together. Although I did watch a documentary once and this girl was blending, blending, livers so she could drink them oh. i don't because you know because the i'd iron. rather just drink a pint of blood than that well she couldn't get any which is why she was sure if you just drink, go to the butchers they'll give you blood she was drinking this blended um liver and i i watch a lot of disgusting stuff that proper turns my stomach one of the count arthur dvds come with a recipe to make a liver, uh, a liver, liver smoothie. smoothie yeah <laughs> um but but yeah so vampires just all things vampires right where can people uh, get in touch how would we like them to get in touch so ideally if you've got a lot of information you want to get through so you want to tell us about your vampire films the best one is our email address so that is theatricalcut at gmail.com we both have access to that at the same time so it's a bit easier for us and obviously it's easier to read than a dm or whatever you would do is it it's dms on instagram yeah. it's just easier just for us email to us it's easier um, but say as Sonia said, we'll be posting a bit more frequently on the Twitter. So that is at Theatrical Cut. I'm at Prefax and Sonia is at Bloody Mallory on Twitter. I on... tend not to use it though. No, you, you're not really that active. No. You just you just look at things. I basically tag Sonia in things like Idris Elba being in the new Fast spin-off film. Oh, have you tagged me in that? Because I basically yeah. just look at Twitter for Buffy quotes. Speaking yeah. of vampires. Um uh, what are we on the Instagram? So Instagram, we are Theatrical Cut Pod. Again, I'm Prefax and Sonia is Mallory underscore watches. The mother pod is T-M-T-O-O-H on Instagram and 2-M-T-O-O-H on the Twitter. And they're also on Facebook if you wanted to get in touch that way, although Terry and I are not. No. Um that's it. We're all arnied out. We're going to watch some vampire movies. Um, thanks for listening, Terry. Uh, we'll be back. Mike, drop. <laughs>